Today's episode of Best on the Board is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think football tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. Welcome to another edition of Best on the Board. I'm Chris Meany from The Athletic, joined by Michael Beller from The Athletic as well. Michael, week seven here already, man. We're like at the halfway point of fantasy football playoff time. Got a few more teams on by. How's it going, man? It's going good. Uh, we uh, It was a pretty good week uh, in Best on the Board last week against the spread in general. Uh, feeling like we're starting to get a, a pretty good handle uh, on these teams as we get toward midseason here. Yeah, absolutely. A great start to the week, really. We were both on the Patriots on Thursday night. It didn't look good at first. My goodness, oh, the Giants horrible. hung around in that <laughs> game, and I was scratching my head. You and I have had conversations on the side. I'm in a pool where you pick your own spread, and if you overbet, then you don't get any points for the week. Like You get the 10 points for the game being correct, and then, for example, pick New England by 21. You get 21 plus the 10. That's 31 points. But if you picked them by 24, you get no points. So you don't overshoot. And I just nailed that 21. But man, it did not look good all game. And and I wanted to text you during the show and it, it or during the game and it slipped my mind because you've been dead on about the Patriots all year. We'll get into them, of course, against the Jets. It's a high spread. We'll get into them in the show for sure. But you have said, I think since week two, you're not completely sold on this New England offense. And, you know, it did not look good Thursday against the Giants. Yeah, just uh, there, there's a lot of questions, I think. They're undoubtedly a very good team overall, but there's just something about this offense that I feel like would have clicked by now if it was going to click in a huge way. Um, uh, of course, this is the Patriots. They can make me look very foolish sooner rather than later, but there's still just something about this team that makes me not want to totally trust them, even though they're undefeated. Yeah, they just haven't really been – truly tested yet either I mean I'm sure going into Buffalo that was a true test uh, not not many people buying into the bills at that time I'm sure they are now but yeah it, it's there's something going on there so we'll talk about that game it's a very interesting game the Monday Night Football game between the Jets and the Patriots um, great week to start like I said early on you went five and two strong 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 New England Miami Arizona the Jets Denver and then things started to turn towards the end of the week with the Rams and Green Bay I was four and three same way started strong New England Seattle Houston Minnesota and then the Chargers the Rams as well and then Dallas we were on different sides of that game which we normally aren't we're usually on the same page or we just avoid the game altogether uh, you on the Jets me on the Cowboys um, Rams Yikes. <laughs> Dominated Yikes really in that game, Beller. Oh, yeah, and uh, and more reason now than ever to believe in the 49ers who are starting to get some uh, 2017 Jaguars, 2018 Bears vibes to their season. Uh, but, yeah, this Rams team uh, definitely has me concerned. I thought that that was going to be a big bounce-back spot for them, a game that they clearly had to win. I, I mean, at this point, uh, mathematically, the, the division's still in reach, but realistically, uh, I got to say that uh, it's wild card or nothing for the Rams this season. Yeah, and the 49ers, one of the biggest favorites heading into this week. And, of course, they are playing Washington. We'll get to that game in just a little bit. So, overall, pretty good performance. I think I only got four games wrong altogether. Surprise, surprise, I was on the Falcons. <laughs> you and I were texting each other during that game. How bad are the Atlanta Falcons? They could not get a win in Arizona. Maybe they would have been able to pull it out in overtime if Brian missed, gets that extra point. Nonetheless, this is a team that still continues to struggle. So if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. Thank you so much. Theathletic.com slash best on the board will get you 40% off a subscription at The Athletic. You'll get all the articles, all of Beller's shows, the, the rankings, not just fantasy stuff at The Athletic, but you'll have absolutely every article that is published there. So 40% off. Check that out. Give us a rate and review. We really appreciate that. It helps the show out. It helps you guys getting the show a little bit quicker. Um, so Please and thank you. We like that. And Beller Definitely. is where you can follow Michael on Twitter and myself at Chris Meany. 
Let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do get it. into week seven. Let's start up at the top. we got the Chiefs Thursday night football game. They open up at five-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under was at 50. It is in Denver taking on the Broncos. The line has dropped now to three. Three-and-a-half this morning. It's now three according to Westgate. Forty-eight-and-a-half uh, is the total right now. The Chiefs definitely definitely struggling we talked about this last week we talked about it on the ranking show as well another show that you can check out if you are a subscriber at the athletic Eller, you and i were talking on friday about the chiefs try to establish the run let's get it going now they're up against a broncos team both of these teams actually have struggled against the run more so the chiefs than the broncos for me honestly i'm just gonna go with the better team kansas city i feel like they get the ship righted a little bit this week, I still have some concerns with the offensive line. Looks like Sammy Watkins is going to return. Obviously, Tyreek Hill coming back in that offense helped. Last week had that you know crazy touchdown at the end, that jump ball really kind of saved Mahomes' day. Um, what's your initial takeaway here? Because Denver has been pretty competitive all year. Yeah, they really have been. That was part of the reason why I liked them so much against Tennessee last week. Uh, this is a tough one for me. Uh, it feels like the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs are clearly the better team. No one would say otherwise, and all they got to do is cover three to get you a win here. So it just feels like an easy bet. But I don't know, with what we've seen from them the last couple of weeks, I'm a little bit concerned about where they sit going into this game on a short week, having to travel. Uh, not a huge trip, of course, but still having to make a trip going into uh, mile high. We know the altitude. We know the home field advantage that Denver typically plays with, and the Broncos have been competitive in every single game they've played this season. Should have beat the Bears in Week 2. We're right there with the Packers in Green Bay in Week 3. Uh, got the win against Tennessee. Got the win uh, against the Chargers in Week 5. I just think that this is not really a hopeless team. This is a team that is starting to figure some things out defensively, does have some weapons offensively. So for me, right now, it feels like a stay away. Uh, I would be inclined to pick the Chiefs if I was going to pick one side, but that, again, is really a track record and reputation thing rather than something we've seen from either of these teams in recent memory. Yeah, for me, I just think I'll always probably pick the Chiefs if, you know, given a field goal, the win by a field goal, I'll just, I'll just always take them. I feel like they're they're, they're a better team easy, than most. Though, right? Yeah, it does. It's a little tricky, and you're dead on about Denver being in every single game. The record is not as, you know, it's it's bad, but it's it shouldn't be that way. They, they have been in all the games, even in Green Bay, like you mentioned. They, they went in, and they were they were right there until the end of the game, and you have to feel like they're going to have some success running the football between Freeman and Lindsey, and Lindsey's been pretty decent as well. Sutton is finding the end zone. He's a borderline top 10 wide receiver on the season, so there are some things to like about the Broncos, but I will lean with Kansas City. The the team implied total for both of these teams. You got the Chiefs at 26, Broncos at 22.5. And just talk, talking about top NFL public bets, we'll get to the top one a little bit later on, but 78% of the public on Kansas City right now. So a lot of people just hammering the Chiefs despite the line moving towards Denver. And interesting game. Interesting Thursday night game for sure. Definitely. Sidebar. Do they lean on the run here a little bit? Like, should they establish it? We said this during the show on Friday. Like, let's get LaShawn McCoy involved. Damian Williams has two touches. Well, Williams is – he's touching the ball a little bit. Um, Shady needs to just – I think he deserves more carries. I don't know if they're going to go to the run, but they need to be a more balanced offense to get going. I mean, that, that that might be true. I don't think it's going to really happen. I mean, it's hard to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands no matter how he's played. I think that that is the case if he is still gimpy. Uh, if this ankle injury is finally going to be behind him, then I don't think they need to lean on that quite so much. But it's hard for us to know. It's an unknowable thing and something we probably won't really know until we see him out on the field on Thursday night, which is another reason why uh, I'm not too inclined to to bet this one. Uh, but uh, I do want to see LaShawn McCoy more involved in the offense, whether it's on the ground, through the air. He's been their most effective uh, running back so far this season. I think you need to get him more touches, uh, no matter how you do it, because uh, this is a, a team that is really dealing with some offensive road bumps for the first time uh, in the Patrick Mahomes era. Yeah, for sure. This is a fun game here. Let's move to Sunday. We'll talk about the earlies first here. The Giants opened up as one-point favorites against the Arizona Cardinals, a total at 50. It's 49, and the Giants now three-point favorites. And I wonder, Beller, if it's going to jump a little bit more than that with the news that just talking to you guys today on a Wednesday that Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram were full participants in practice on Wednesday. It doesn't look like Sterling Shepard's going to get in, but that is good news for at least Daniel Jones and this New York Giants offense. This could really be a fun one, a shootout. I know you've been on the Cardinals all year. You leaning that way right now? 
I sure am, and uh, it doesn't bother me that Saquon's coming back. Uh, obviously, that's going to change the calculus of this one, and the Giants uh, should be able to get things going a little bit on offense uh, against an Arizona defense that hasn't been able to stop anyone. But I really think this Arizona team is starting to find some uh, some uh, some rhythm here, Chris, and I think we're going to see that continue against the Giants defense that is just as bad. Um, I'm going to bet on Kyler Murray over Daniel Jones nine and a half times out of ten. Uh, this is one of those nine and a half. Uh, I just really think what we've seen from them. We're seeing a little bit more of Kyler on the ground. We're seeing him start to find that timing with Larry Fitzgerald a little bit more. We should get Christian Kirk back in the offense after he's missed a couple of games with an ankle injury. And here's another stat that stands out to me. The Arizona defense has forced 11 fumbles on the season, and they've recovered two. And if there's one thing that is totally random, it is fumble recoveries. I mean, that is something that just fluctuates from year to year, from game to game. The fact that they forced 11 is much more predictable than the fact that they've only recovered two. You've got to think there's going to be some regression there. Uh, this Cardinals team uh, was one touchdown away from beating uh, uh, Baltimore in Week 2. They nearly knocked off Detroit in Week 1. And that was before they really started to find themselves offensively. I think Cliff Kingsbury is growing. I think we've seen the evidence of that in the way that they're starting to get Chase Edmonds more involved in the offense. He's figuring out what this team is. And remember, meaning they basically didn't show anything in the preseason. It was almost as though those first couple of games were like half preseason games for them. So I think this is a team on the rise. I think this is going to be a chic 2020 playoff pick. And I think that there's the better team than the Giants. So I'm going to ride with the Cardinals in this one. Yeah, you bring up good points. They're certainly trending in the right direction. It was a vanilla offense throughout the preseason, and it's just getting better and better. Kyler Murray coming off his best game. I'm sure some of that had to do with the Atlanta Falcons and their defense and yeah, been able bit. to tackle for sure. But Kyler still looked really good with without Kirk, and you mentioned coming back this week most likely, and really just throwing the football to Larry Fitzgerald and DJ. That's it. That's really all he did, and he, he had almost 350 yards and three passing touchdowns. The offense was rolling in the red zone. And if this team had figured out – maybe they have figured out some of their red zone woes. It's just one yeah. game, but you're, you're, you're so right about Baltimore. If they were just able to convert a couple of those red zone opportunities instead of selling for field goals, maybe they are. Maybe they're. we're looking at a team that has – Four wins. I mean, they they tied a game, right? Their very yeah, first they're game. they're really that so. close. They're that close to being a four-win team. Yeah, for sure. And the offense is really good. I, I've I've seen some puzzling things from from Kingsbury. There was one, I, I believe it was like a straight direct snap to Farrah Cooper. Like, I was like, what's going on there? It was only like a couple minutes left in the half. But, but he is obviously very, very creative. And I think we need to start looking at this offense as like a top five potential offense in the NFL. Like, let's get Kirk back. And, and see what he can do. Larry Fitzgerald is great. I, I will lean Cardinals right now. I think anybody out there that they if they are feeling the Giants, I would do it now because I wouldn't be shocked. People just seem to like the Giants. They seem like they're, they're a popular pick. 64% of the public right now coming in on the New York Giants. So once you get confirmation for sure, like Barkley, Ingram, I wonder if that spread goes up to four. So I, I all the better for us if we like Arizona. You know, <laughs> That's true. Because I, I do think it, it may grow three and a half, four as we get closer to Sunday and, and kickoff. Division matchup here, we got the Colts and the Texans. The Texans coming off two very strong wins, one against the Falcons again, but going into Kansas City and getting a win there is, is very impressive stuff as much as the Chiefs are struggling. So the Texans opening up as one-point favorites. It's swung the other way. The Colts now – uh, one-point favorites. The total still sticking the same at 47.5. We get the Colts at 24. Team implied total Texans at 23. It's juggling around just kind of nonstop. Um, these division games are always tough for me, especially inside this division. I, I will lean right now with Houston. The Colts coming off the bye. Going to get T.Y. Hilton. You know, looks like he's going to be a little bit more healthier. They're leaning on Marlon Mack. The defense has been pretty good. Um, you know, slow-paced game most likely. Probably the under really is the play here. Uh, I will lean with the Texans, but I've been wrong before when these two teams have played. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I lean with the Texans, though, too. With, with the line being where it is, um, you're, ba you're backing the winner, right? And I think that um, even in Indy, that the, 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 the Texans excuse me, are the better team. Two very impressive wins the last two weeks, the way they beat uh, the Chiefs in Kansas City last week. And then two weeks ago, they beat a bad Atlanta team. That might not be impressive on its own, but they put up – 53 points and we know that Houston is going to be a team that lives with its offense so to see them do that in a, a game where they uh, had an exploitable spot and did just uh, did just that you got to have a lot of confidence in, in this team being 
uh, a squad that is able to put its game plan into action. And that's something that's really important, regardless of opponent. You're going to play good teams. You're going to play bad teams. You're going to play great teams. You're going to play everything in between. But when a team can go into a game, take its strength, and impose that on another team, I don't care who the opponent is. That is very impressive. And we're starting to see Houston be able to do that with a more consistent uh, basis uh, over the last couple of weeks. So I do think they're the better team. I could see this working its way into one of my favorite picks of the week. I don't know if I'm quite there just yet because of what Frank Reich and Indy have been able to do. The fact that they get this game at home and they might be able to control the clock a little bit in this one. And then that starts to complicate matters for a quick strike Houston offense. I'd lean in their direction, uh, but uh, these are two good teams. Two teams that I respect a lot and that could push me to stay away from it. Yeah, they, for sure. It's, it's. It does seem like it's going to be a field goal game, and you're dead on. Like it's just whoever, where the spread is, you just pick the winner. Maybe you're just better off. Maybe just depending on your book or your site, you just take the the money line here with with the team. But yeah, let's not forget that Indy's last one came against Kansas City too, in Kansas City in a game that right. they looked very very good running the football and leaning on Marlon Mack. Like Mack has had at least 20 carries in three of his five games so far this season. He's looked very very strong. So. Good matchup, really good game. I will lean with Texans. I, I was unsure to put them in my seven as well. <laughs> they may be there at the very end of the show. Mm-hmm. I, I've had some issues trying to pick my seventh favorite um, this week. <laughs> I like that we're figuring it out on the fly. This yeah, week. not not gonna lie to the to the <laughs> listeners. It's that seventh game is kind of is kind yeah. of on the fly, but I've got five I feel good about right yeah. now. For sure. And I'm just I'm just sort of piecing together the other two as we talk to one another for the next half an hour, 40 minutes or so. Yeah, I think the Texans, Texans are overall just a better football team. They're rolling right now, and definitely both teams coming in pretty hot with some confidence. Th- this game here, we most likely going to be a low-scoring game, and we got the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, 17-point favorites, and I have a hard time usually picking the Bills on a spread. I usually tease down when I like them because I just don't feel like their offense is, is – not there yet, but against this Miami team and as strong as their defense is, and it is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick making the start again for Miami. Uh, they're done with Josh Rosen, I guess. I don't know if this is because if it's a revenge game going into Buffalo, but heck, revenge I mean, game. Listen, I mean, it doesn't matter. Sports Illustrated cover when he was in Buffalo, right? Yeah, he was the <laughs> man in Buffalo at times, and especially I think he beat. New England and Tom Brady at one point in Buffalo. Think, yeah, like an early season game. Yes, an early season game, and uh, he was the savior in Buffalo. But uh, let's be honest. Got he that could contract. Play, got that contract. He could play anybody, Bellerin, and be almost a revenge game for him. Right? I mean, <laughs> That's true. He has been around. But there will be some cheers for Ryan Patrick for sure. But 17 points is a lot of points. The total at 40 and a half. I said this before about Miami. If you don't think that the Bills can get to 40, and that's a lot – you probably should take the under because this is a really good defense in Buffalo coming off the bye. They're strong against the run. They're very strong against the pass. They've been really strong against the pass for a couple seasons now. This is a dream matchup for you know Gore. They're going to get Singletary back. It's a lot of points, Beller, but I'm going to lean with it because I feel like Buffalo will probably get at least seven points from their defense alone, whether it's creating a turnover and, and running one in from the five or the ten. Not really feeling this Miami offense. If they can only muster, what, 13 points against Washington last week, they're not going to do a whole lot in Buffalo. Yeah, it's it's the points that scare me uh, here. That's why I can't take this game. Uh, that, that's one of these games where you and I were talking about this right before we started, and I said I feel like there are a lot of games where I hate one side and I don't trust the other, and that is how I feel about this game uh, between the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, here's how many points the Bills have scored in each of their five games this season. 17, 28, that was against the Giants, 21, 10, and 14. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you hear that? I mean, that, so so they, uh, you know, you, you need to score at least uh, 18 points if you're going to cover a 17-point spread, and they've only done that in two of their five games so far this season. So I just don't trust this offense to be able to run away from almost anyone. I do trust this defense to be able to shut down Miami entirely, but you still need to get something out of the offense if you're going to cover 17. 
And that's why I am uh, going to be staying away from this one. This is not one that's going to be working its way into my seven over the next half hour or so. I just don't trust Buffalo's offense enough to have any confidence in them covering a 17-point spread. And I don't want to trust Miami. I, 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 I had my one bet on Miami last week. I sort of, sort of stole it against yeah. Washington, and I'm done. Right? I feel like, you know, like I'm, I'm George Costanza going out on top after a great joke. I am not getting back into bed with these Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and I lied. They scored 16 points. They almost won. They went for it, uh, you know, went for two at the very end. They they almost got the W there, but Washington hung on. And you you are you're dead on about the Bills. I mean, in terms of yards per game, they're tenth in offense, but they're like twenty sixth in scoring, eighteen points per game. So they're moving the ball, but Josh Allen's had some key turnovers, which has hurt them. They're having a hard time finding the back of the end zone. It's one of those games that I think you can tease down if you want. I think you could feel comfortable about maybe a double digit Bills win. The team implied total for them is twenty seven, and you're right, they just haven't been scoring a lot of points. For Miami, it's mm-hmm. ten, and I just I. I I'd be shocked if actually they got to 14 in this game. Uh, But let's move on. Another division game here to talk about Minnesota and Detroit. This one has moved around quite a bit, Beller. Um, I I believe, yeah, Detroit opened up as one-point favorites, and now it's the other way. Minnesota, one-point favorite as well. I thought Detroit played a really solid game at Lambeau on Monday night. They came out slinging right away, got some points, um, struggled a little bit to convert inside the red zone, settled for some field goals. But I thought that the refs just really helped Green Bay out down the stretch. A couple phantom calls that I thought, you know, some face mask calls I thought, you know, went in Green Bay's favor. Nonetheless, it's crazy. If they hung on to that game, they'd be in first place in their division. But because they lost, they're in last place in the division. It's still a very strong division. It's very, very tight. I, I'm leaning Minnesota right now, despite it being in Detroit. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be able to have that success that he's had the past couple weeks. Took advantage of the Eagles secondary, the Giants the week before that. I do think overall, though, they are the better team, but this is a tough one for me to call. It's one of those coin flips that I just stay away from. Yeah, this is uh, an easy stay away for me also. Two good teams. I respect both of these teams. I think they're both good teams, and we've seen both of them be able to uh, execute those game plans like we talked about a little earlier. Both these teams have been able to actuate what they want to do against a range of opponents, and I think that's the truest mark of a good team. Uh, The fact that this one's in Detroit, uh, is what pushes me to stay away. The fact, coupled with the fact that I think Minnesota pound for pound is the better team. So you got one team that I believe is better, the other playing at home. Both I think are good. Uh, so I, I just don't want to really get involved in, in with, with this game because I, I could see anything really happening in it. Uh, you know, a couple of fluky losses in a row against good opponents for Detroit. Right before the bye, uh, they lost to Kansas City at home, a game that they were I in. Mean, if they don't lose, right? Well, they were in. I mean, if they don't, instead of going in for a touchdown of their own on the one yard line they fumble and the Chiefs return that for a touchdown that's as pure a 14 14 point swing as you're going to see and it still took some late game Patrick Mahomes magic for the Chiefs to pull out a victory in that one so I think this Detroit team's for real I think we've seen enough for them from them to uh, respect them and respect what they've done this season and I think the same goes for Minnesota as well so I just think they're going to be games that you're going to be able to find uh, a little bit more to like especially if this were if this were in Minnesota, and Minnesota was favored by four or four and a half, I would really like the Vikings. But because it's in Detroit, it's it just something that concerns me a, a little bit. I do think we're going to see more Kirk Cousins in this game than maybe we expect. Obviously, the Giants and Eagles were a couple of uh, a couple of teams that were ripe for the picking for him uh, with the way their past defense have played this season. But I also think that you can't watch that and not have something click. Like, all right, you know, our bread and butter is still going to be Dalvin Cook in the defense, but Kirk's not a hopeless quarterback. And we do have an excellent one-two punch in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. So I do think we're going to see more from Kirk Cousins in this game because of the way he's been able to play the last two. But still, two good teams, one at home, the better on the road. For me, it's a stay away. Yeah, you know, Cousins is definitely capable. And Minnesota, if they want to have success, they got to have a balanced offense like they have over the past couple weeks. I think you just let Kirk Cousins do his thing. Like, let him throw the football here and there. Like, let him use those two weapons in Thielen and Diggs. You're going to get down to to crunch time and, and needing wins to get into the playoffs or or have a playoff win you're going to be have to be able to throw the football you can't just hand it off 30 plus times a game to cook and madison like you have to be able to throw the football so i do agree with you there i do think this will be a dalvin cook game and i think he's probably the better he's definitely better than carry on and carry even carry on 
man, I was watching that game against Green Bay, and there were some times when they were up in that game, they carry on wasn't on the field. It was J.D. McKissick and, like, an end around for him and a dump off. I was just like, why aren't they running the football with carry on and just eating up some clock? I mean, maybe they would have been able to hang on to that win. But nonetheless, um, yeah, interesting game. Staying away from it for sure. This is an interesting game for me as well. Green Bay Packers opening up as seven and a half point favorites against the Oakland Raiders coming off a bye. Very impressive win in London against the Chicago Bears. And it's really just it's quickly moving in the other way. Green Bay is still favored, obviously, but only by five. Um, six, like an hour ago, Beller. It's moving. People are, <laughs> I, I don't know if they're betting on Oakland, they're feeling the Raiders, don't know about Devontae Adams. I, I still think he's a week or two away from, from playing. Keep an eye on practice reports. Anything changes, you can always tweet us if you have any questions. Again, at M. Beller, at Chris Meany, as we get closer to kickoff. I'm kind of feeling Oakland, but I wish I jumped on them at seven and a half. Yeah, you know, I got to be honest. Uh, if this keeps going down, I'm really going to like the Packers. I would not have yeah. liked the Packers at at a touchdown or even maybe at six. But if this keeps dropping, I mean, they're still the better team. I, I know that uh, you know people are going to say that they got a win that they didn't deserve, and you know, calls notwithstanding, let's not forget Aaron Jones had a, a pretty brutal pass interference that was missed um, that could have changed things as well. So you know, there were some there were some bad calls in both directions in that game. I think it was uh, tilted uh, for Green Bay if it was tilted for one team, but it's not like uh, you know they were totally just gifted a victory by the officials in that one. Uh, it was just two weeks ago that they went into Dallas and absolutely stomped the Cowboys. Um, they got a, a lot out of Jamal Williams in this game, even though, or in that game against Detroit, even though I think a lot of us in, in the fantasy world want to see as much Aaron Jones as we possibly can. Uh, in real life, it can't be a bad thing for them to be able to have two backs that they can lean on, especially if they're going to be without Devontae Adams uh, and potentially Ger- Geronimo Allison dealing with a chest and a concussion injury or a concussion and a chest injury. So uh, it's not bad for them to be able to have both of those backs to turn to. Uh, it's still a little rich for my blood, but if it comes down, uh, uh, this is just going to get to a point where it's ridiculous and we have the clearly better team playing at home and only needing to cover you know, four or four and a half points. If it gets to that point, I'm really going to like the Packers. If it's any higher than that, it's going to be a stay away. Yeah, originally I, I jumped on Oakland. Um, but, yeah, you're right. If this does get down to four and a half or four, I'm going to have to side with Green Bay for sure. So I'm just going to let – Let's not overthink this. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I get I, yeah. I get what we've seen from Green Bay, but this feels like – this feels almost like an overreaction, like like we want justice to be served and the Lions should have won and mm-hmm. screw the Packers. I mean, you know, they still won the game. Yeah. <laughs> they still have you know, wins over um, the, the Lions and the Cowboys and the Vikings and the Bears this yeah. season. I mean, this teams. is yeah. – Right. I mean, even though maybe they – got a little bit fortunate in that game it's not like they have wins against Miami and uh Washington and the Giants this season they're still beating good teams so let's not get too crazy here Green Bay is still easily the better team between these two yeah they're not the Dallas Cowboys I think that's what you're getting at right the Dallas Cowboys have wins against very mediocre teams Green Bay has beaten some very solid football teams this year I'm with you they are the better team for sure something to think about though is as that line is moving all over the place Jacksonville Jaguars opened up as four and a half point favorites they're now three and a half point favorites just traded Jalen Ramsey haven't really been playing with him over the past couple weeks anyways this Bengals team is a complete mess offensively they're missing some guys not sure about AJ Green he's apparently really close to returning not sure if he's going to come back in this football game that would obviously help out the Cincinnati offense they have no run game to speak of and they have not been able to stop the run this is a team that is giving up a ton of rushing yards so far this season Lamar Jackson ran all over them last week and on the year on the year Beller 184 rushing yards per game is what they are allowing. I'm sure it's going to be a whole lot of Leonard Fournette. Gardner Minshew coming off his his worst game of the season, really. We'll give a lot of respect to the, to the Saints defense. The public really backing the Jaguars here. 79% on Jacksonville, which is the second highest of any team heading into Week 7. Thoughts? Three and a half. I wish it was three. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, Jaguars are nothing is my quick thought on this one Minshew's first bad game I think Minshew Mania returns this week uh, Cincinnati going to be down it's top three corners in this game so all the DJ Chark all the DD Westbrook that you can handle you were going to want to have available to you in this game and I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Minshew get going with the legs as well you know last week we really saw Cincinnati 
a sellout to stop Mark Ingram. Uh, they were totally uh, just had their defense focused on the middle uh, of the uh, of Baltimore's offense. They were not going to get beat between the tackles, and I think that's a big reason why you saw Lamar Jackson have the game that he had. Now, obviously, Minshew is nowhere near what Lamar Jackson is as a runner, but he can get out and run the ball a little bit, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him use his legs in this one, uh, and I do like the Jaguars. I'm, I'm always a little bit afraid of the big public bets, but Cincinnati is just such a bad team. I mean, yeah, that are. defense is absolutely helpless, and uh, I do think the offense has a little bit of juice to it, um, and I like their offensive players for fantasy purposes. This week, especially uh, the receivers, I think Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate, both good plays, uh, regardless if we're talking season-long or DFS. Obviously, Tyler Boyd is a week-in, week-out season-long play, but it just feels like a really good spot for Jacksonville's offense. Everything that they do well is something that they can exploit in this matchup. So uh, I do like Jacksonville. Not qu- not one of those five games I talked about loving uh, just uh, a little bit ago, but definitely one that I could see being uh, one of those two that I fill out my top seven picks with uh, – Better team, good matchup. Minshew's been reliable, even without Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they've effectively been playing without him for a couple of weeks anyway, so it's not like we take that away from their recent performance. Uh, give me the Jaguars in this one. Yeah, and, and good on Jacksonville to get exactly what they wanted out of Jalen Ramsey, a couple firsts. They even got a fourth there in the return. And speaking of Ramsey, as we move over to the L.A. Rams and the Atlanta Falcons, the Rams opening up as three-and-a-half-point favorites. We talked about them off the top of the show, just really struggling. No way they lose three games in a row. No way they lose four games in a row. I, I mean, I don't know. They are playing the Falcons. I mean, this is a get-right game for Jared Goff and company. Uh, we don't know about Todd Gurley. Just don't know yet if, if he's going to come back. It, they looked so bad. We gave we gave 49ers some credit, and they deserve it, but they just looked so brutal, just outmatched in that game last week for sure. The total 52.5, it's jumped up. I mean, get it now while it's hot if you like it. It's 44. I mean, we could see this go up to 45. I wouldn't be shocked about that. Rams still three-point favorites. Listen, the, the Rams are an interesting squad. Whether you think that they need a little bit more than Jalen Ramsey is probably a story for another day, but you know, by the time it's all said and done, we may not see this team pick in the first round until like it'd be five year span. I mean, they traded a first to get Goff. They traded a first to get Brandon Cooks. They traded out of the first in 2019. They traded their next two firsts for, for Ramsey. Who knows if they're going to trade back in or trade another first. Um, it, it just such an interesting squad to me, paying a lot of money to like four or five guys. Are they going to sign Ramsey to all that money? You think that they would when he needs a new contract because they just gave up two firsts for him. This is a team that's really struggling, but Beller, I think the Falcons are struggling a whole lot more. The Falcons stink. Man, they're so they're bad. bad. You heard it here last week. This is a bad team, and we talked about it uh, with Houston a couple of weeks ago. Uh, part of the reason I, I liked the Texans that week was because we know what Houston's weakness is. It's both the offensive line and Deshaun Watson having a tendency to hold onto the ball a little bit too long, but Atlanta's not built to take advantage of it. They have no pass rush, and they have no secondary. The Rams' weakness, it's their offensive line. Atlanta, still not built to take advantage of it. They've got no pass rush, and they've got no secondary. So this is going to be a game uh, where I think we finally see Jared Goff in the passing game for the Rams get rolling. I I do like them a little bit. This is not in my top five, but as I'm talking about it, or in my top seven, uh, as I'm talking about it, I think it might be a game that I work in because uh, fade the Falcons has not been a bad strategy this season. I've been using it quite a bit. It has been playing to my advantage, and I just think that this team is bad. And the one thing that they do well is throw the ball but uh, I think Jalen Ramsey is about to have the quickest healing back injury in human history. You put him out there on Julio Jones, and hey, man, Jalen Ramsey is a legit shutdown corner. And you don't necessarily shut down Julio Jones, but I think you can slow down Julio Jones at the very least with a guy like Jalen Ramsey, and you take that away from the Falcons, uh, then I think they have a lot of trouble keeping up with the Rams. Uh, this is not the Arizona defense that they put up. You know, 33 should have been 34, but for a missed extra point by Matt Bryant last week, this is a much different defense with Jalen Ramsey. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm talking myself into the Rams as one of my top picks this week. Yeah, me too. They're, they're going to be in my seven as well. Again, I just keep going back to them. I, I think I'm not ready to count them out. I still think they're a pretty solid football team. They've had some issues just like the Chiefs, but I'll say the same thing. Anytime, you know, they give a team like the Rams and what they're capable of, three points, I'm going to take it. And you say what you want about Ramsey, but he is arguably the best corner in the game. So it is it is a nice move. Uh, you got to downgrade Julio a little bit. You play him in your season-long formats, of course, but uh, don't be surprised if Ramsey has his way with them. 
and and I probably would sell Freeman too if we, as we're talking about fantasy. Like Devontae Freeman just came off a pretty good game. It's like now's the time if you want to get rid of this guy. I hate this team. To go Except ahead for Matt Ryan. <laughs> and Ryan is Ryan's been good. He's been really Matt good. Ryan. He's been forced to be this Dude, good. Dude, he's going to throw for 6,000 yards this season. It's insane <laughs> what he's doing uh out of necessity and out of design, but man, this I mean they're just they're so they're such a bad team. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, I mean they, this is this is it, right? I mean they have like I don't want to say they've quit because I hate when people say that about you know these guys are still professionals they're still going out there and, and you know doing what they can to win football games but this is a team that it, they're just they're just such a bad team they have nothing defensively absolutely no. nothing I don't think anybody has quit on offense I mean Matt Ryan a league high 258 passing attempts we have Goff at second at 246 so again that's why that total is rising you see a lot of points here both defenses definitely struggling and for all those passing attempts Matt Ryan at 72 percent his completion rate I mean it's top three in the league it's very very solid he has been good he's thrown for 300 yards in every single game two touchdowns week one three in week two three in week three he had three in week five and then coming off the four touchdown game it wasn't him he's not the reason his his team lost in Arizona last week. He did basically everything he could. He was 30 for 36 for 356 yards. He was picking apart that Cardinals defense, especially in the fourth quarter as he was trying to get his team back in it. It's just the defense looks so bad. So, I, yeah, you cannot lean with Atlanta. Even at home, it's just it's not a team that you can feel good backing. The 49ers. This is, this is the team, the public team. Everybody is in on them. 85% of the bets coming in on the San Francisco 49ers, uh, fully on display last week as, as a team. If you weren't buying into them against Cleveland, you were still kind of backing the Browns as turning things around. This is a team that does not give up anything through the air. Say what you want to say about Baker Mayfield not being there. I get it. Not there. He's not. He's maybe slightly overrated. He's nowhere close to being that quarterback that people were hyping up him to be heading into this year. But Jared Goff, say we want about him with the struggles. He's at least a guy that throws about 300 yards every single time his team is at home with Sean McVay. He didn't do anything last week. 78 passing yards on the season. The 49ers only allowing 150 passing yards per game. That is a league best mark, but is 10 points too high for you? Uh, it, it is. It is. They're obviously the better team. They're going to win this game. They're going to go into D.C. and win it. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, and this, go, this applies to the uh, Rams and Falcons also, got a West Coast team going all the way to the east, uh, Eastern time zone at least. And, uh, yeah, early like the game. East Coast with, uh, with Atlanta, but going over to the Eastern time zone to play a one Eastern game, 10 a.m. Pacific time. So that's always something to at least keep in the back of your mind. I think sometimes it can be a little bit overrated, but it's just too many points. Similar to what we talked about with Buffalo. Now, I've got more confidence in San Francisco's offense than I do in Buffalo's because they've really been able to dominate games with their run game and not only dominate with it but get huge individual performances out of multiple guys we've seen Matt Breida Tevin Coleman Raheem Mostert all put up big games so I think that that's something we can trust that this is a run game that really knows what it does and and uh, finds ways to succeed week in and week out but it still just feels like a little bit too many points uh, for me. And the fact that we've got uh, 85% of uh, the public on one side on a team that has never been uh, higher at any point this season almost makes this an auto stay away for me because I can't trust Washington. I can't trust Washington to do anything against uh, either this run game or this defense. But 85% of the public is typically wrong. Uh, so yes. I am. I can't get back with the 49ers. I, I'm kind of leaning Washington here. They're not going to be in my seven, but for a lot of what you just said, and especially I don't feel like this is going to be a letdown game. Usually you get those letdown games, a, a big division win. You know, you're, you're undefeated on the year. You go to Washington, and then all of a sudden you, you lay an egg offensively. I think this defense is definitely good enough to – to win this football game for them, maybe even win by double digits. It, it's actually moved to nine and a half, so it's slightly moving just a little bit. Um, but still, you know, I will – I actually kind of will lean Washington here um, because we could see – I haven't – Put it I, in the seven. But do not it. in the seven. I can't do, do it. it. I can't do it in the seven. <laughs> but you're right. Like You got that West Coast team coming over in early game, you know, should win. I, I haven't seen their offense really – I'm not totally impressed with their offense. And I don't know. I was looking at – it, like they can run the ball really well, and that'll that'll give them the offense. The offensive line is is has looked strong. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't really had to throw the football, and I just look at the schedule. Like, when are they really going to have? Maybe Carolina. You got Arizona coming up. There are some games maybe where 
Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to throw the football, but he doesn't have a game with 25 completions. He has five interceptions to seven. He hasn't really had to throw the football all that much, and even when he has, he's he's turned it over. There's been some some sloppiness from his game. So I'm not completely sold on the offense, but the defense is absolutely legit. I, I think this will be a little bit tighter than what some people would imagine, but not doing it in my seven. And I think that's I think you would agree, right? Come on, we can't put coward. Washington in the seven. Come on. <laughs> but I will lean lean with uh Washington for sure. How about this game? Like, do we have to? Do we have to call a Ugh. winner here between the Titans and the Chargers? Like, Talk about a game that I will do whatever it takes to watch zero minutes of. Oh my god. Goodness. Um, <laughs> or that I would need to be betting on uh, or have a major fantasy implication to watch any of, I guess, is maybe the better way to say it. Yeah, so I won't lean Washington, but I'm going to get suckered by picking the Chargers here again because I am going to take them. Two-and-a-half-point favorites for Tennessee at home. And there's been no budging at all with the line, the total, 40-and-a-half. It's, it's still two-and-a-half for Tennessee. Um, they're making the change. They're going Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. As much as the Chargers have just looked so pathetic lately, a game that they just got completely dominated from start to finish against the Steelers, there's really no excuse to lose that game, let alone getting blown out by the Pittsburgh Steelers and like a fourth-string quarterback. It's it's really, really bad with the Chargers. But I think it's I think it's worse with the Titans. I really do. And I'm sure Tannehill will, will help this offense a little bit, but they're just not scoring any points, Bellary. Like, they got shut out last week. They scored seven against Buffalo. They get 24 against Atlanta. Who cares? Everyone's scoring against Atlanta. Seven against Jacksonville. <laughs> um, 17 against Indy. That first week, they had the 43 points against Cleveland. We know about the Browns and, and their struggles. So, Give me the Chargers to some win a game against game a field too. goal. Yeah, some pick sixes, lots of turnovers from Baker this year. I don't feel great about it, and I've said this before. I've been wrong on the Titans all year, so you guys can go ahead and fade me. But I will I will lean with the Chargers to win this football game, to get back in kind of the playoff hunt. But this is these are two teams that are just playing brutal football right now. Yeah, they are. And you know where I stand with the Titans. I think that they're the most boring team in the NFL, and I think that they're just a, a bad team. Uh, they have nothing happening for them offensively. Now, the reason why I'm staying away from it for the time being is that I do think that they might get a little bit of shot of life from Ryan Tannehill. And so that concerns me, coupled with what we've seen from the Chargers over the last couple of weeks, makes me not want to quite get into it. I can't trust the Titans. I promise you I will not suddenly be backing the Titans uh, no matter what the spread on this game is. Uh, but I can't get fully behind the Chargers because of the way they've played and because I do think that Tannehill is an upgrade over Marcus Mariota right now. You know, they did move the ball uh, in the in the game when uh, when Tannehill came in last week against Denver. They would have put some points on the board in that game uh, had it been different circumstances. By the time Tannehill was in the game, it was touchdown or nothing uh, for the Titans. There was no point to kicking any field goals, so they had to go for a couple of fourth downs in field goal range that they weren't able to convert. But they did start to move the ball. They did look a little bit more competent, and so I do think that they can get something going at least with Tannehill at the controls. Uh, but uh, again, with with the way these two teams have played both season long and in the near term, I, I just don't want to put any sort of money on either side in this one uh, to stay away from me. Yeah, 68% of the public uh, on the Chargers. Stay away, guys. <laughs> I know it's in my seven, <laughs> but just save your money. Like You don't need to you don't need to be picking seven yeah. games. I mean, you can just stick with right, three right. or four. You can make the parlay. Put an extra unit on a game you actually like. Yeah, exactly. Um, ugly, ugly, ugly. Melvin Gordon wants the ball more. The offensive line is not great. There's a lot of issues with the Chargers. Man, they, they really have been disappointing for, for quite some time. Maybe one of the most overhyped teams in the past decade. Maybe certainly most recently. A lot of injuries, but I can't be giving them any more excuses. we got Seattle and Baltimore this next game. And, man, the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, we said it last week, he continues to get it done. He marched his team all the way up the field again in Cleveland to get it done last week, and now he's home against the Ravens. We have a high total here. It opened up at 50.5. It's now 49.5. Seattle, 3.5-point favorites to open, 3.5-point favorites right now. I, I have a feeling I know where you're leaning here, and you haven't been yeah. sold on the Ravens all year. No, they're the third team of my three, right? Atlanta, Tennessee, and Baltimore. Uh, just been fading them pretty much every week. Seattle was the first team that I penciled in, and this is my most confident play of the weekend. The better quarterback, the better team. They're playing at home. They only got to win by four points to get a victory here. And Baltimore 
yeah, they're four and two. That looks nice, and that's really what matters in the NFL standings. But they're one and five against the spread this season. And the one team that they got that win against the spread against it was the Miami Dolphins, the worst team in the NFL and one of the worst teams in recent memory. This team is—they're just not that good. They're taking advantage of a weak schedule, a weak AFC. They're just really not that special of a team. I do think the Marcus Peters trade will help shore up uh, what has been a weak defense uh, to this point of the season, but. I'm just really not afraid of this Baltimore team at all. And for me, this is a relatively easy bet when I get to back Russell Wilson at home, only needing to win a game by four points. Uh, But the way he's played this season, uh, keeps pulling uh, rabbits out of his hat, keeps finding ways for this team to win. And just with Russell, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, I think that this is uh, the the way to go. I I love Seattle this week. Uh, We know this is one of the true home field advantages in the NFL as well. And this bet or this line asks me to believe that these are equal teams on a neutral field and if you've watched any of these two teams play this season you know that that is not the case Russell Wilson alone makes that not the case Baltimore is a fraudulent four and two I love 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 the Seahawks this week yeah I like Seattle too I I also do like the trade getting uh, Marcus Peters I think the secondary could shape up in a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, I'm not completely sold either. You know, I really like the under. I just think that there's two teams that want to run the football. They played a little bit of a slower pace, and it's going to be a whole lot of Chris Carson and Ingram and, and Russell, you know, calling his own number. And we know about Lamar Jackson. So I just feel like 50 is slightly high. Um, but I will lean with Seattle with you as well. We got the Bears and the Saints. This is another one that I feel is a little strange. Um, you know, we I guess maybe it has something to do with Alvin Kamara dealing with reportedly dealing with a high ankle sprain. They've been they're trying out some guys. We don't know if he's gonna play. He could potentially sit in this game. Chicago opened up as four point favorites. They're now three and a half. I know Chicago's a very very, very tough place to play. Vegas was giving no respect to the Saints last week going into Jacksonville and playing, and that defense didn't give up anything. And the defense has looked – Bridgewater has done a great job filling in for Breeze. I give him a ton of credit. He has. But the defense has been remarkable over these past few weeks. It's It started really at home against the Cowboys, shutting down that hot offense had come into New Orleans and really didn't do anything. I, I'm going to lean with the Saints here. I, I think overall they're a better team. I, 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 I think Chicago's defense is slightly better. The Hicks loss is, is huge, but overall, their offense has shown me a little bit more than Chicago's recently. And is Trubisky going to going to play? Is he ready to return this week? And does that matter to you if he if he plays? Uh, yeah, it sounds like Trubisky's going to be able to play. Actually, right before we uh, started recording this, Matt Nagy was uh, having his press conference, and it, it sounds like it's going to be Trubisky back for the Bears this week. But uh, that, that doesn't make a difference to me. Give me the Saints are the better team. Uh, the slightly worse defense, but we're talking about two very good defenses in this game. The Akeem Hicks loss does hurt the Bears. Nick Williams has played well uh, in his uh, opportunities this season, filling in for Akeem Hicks. So it's not a total loss. It's not like they're going from from uh, Akeem Hicks to a guy who's you know below league average. I, I think Nick Williams is going to start opening some eyes over the next couple of weeks as he fills in for Hicks. But uh, the Saints team, what they've been able to do without Drew Brees is ridiculously impressive. You know how many games they've lost without Drew Brees? You do, Many. It's zero. Yeah. They haven't lost a game without Drew Brees. Their only loss this season came at Los Angeles in the game that Brees got hurt. When you throw Teddy Bridgewater in and suddenly he has to figure things out on the fly when he hasn't had any sort of play with the first team in, I don't know how long, since probably sometime in the 2018 season. So the fact that they haven't lost a game and that's the only game they've lost. And remember, Cam Jordan had what should have been a fumble yes. return for a touchdown in that game that would have put the Saints ahead going into halftime, whistled dead by the referees. If that doesn't happen, then maybe that game unfolds completely differently. So the Saints, to me, are the best team in the NFC. And this is not smoke and mirrors. They have reinvented themselves. They you know, they need to win games with defense, so they win games with defense uh, last week against Jacksonville and in the game against Dallas. They need to win games with offense. Guess what? Teddy Bridgewater throws up 31 points on the Buccaneers, throws four touchdowns, and they win games with their offense. A ridiculously impressive uh, showing from Sean Payton. He's the better coach in this game. Uh, give me the Saints. They're the better team. Uh, they should be the favorites in the NFC. They get Drew Brees back in a couple of weeks. I would feel better if we knew Camaro was at 100%, mm-hmm. but I still think that they can go into Chicago and come out with a victory. They're just the better team. And are, I keep saying that, assuming that because they're the better team, they're favored, but they don't even need to win That's... for me to win this bet. All they got to do is keep it within a field goal, so I will absolutely ride with the Saints in this one. That's what I was going to say, is they don't even need to win. <laughs> you could lose by yeah, a field I goal. Lost, and... I got lost in my own thoughts, just sort of assuming that they're the, that they're the favorite. Yeah. <laughs> 
but uh, hey, exactly. they're, they're not they're, they're not the favorite. All they got to do is uh, stay within a field goal, and I win the bet. But I think they win this game. Yeah, I think that they win this game too. And yeah, they only have to lose by a field goal. And not only are they the best team in the NFC, they may just be the best team in the NFL, right? I mean, yeah. To for those who were who jumped on the Saints when their future odds came down a little bit with the Breeze injury, and I thought maybe potentially they were in trouble. They're going to lose a few of these games that they're actually winning. But good on you because you're going to get Drew Brees back in real soon, in a couple weeks, maybe after the bye. And uh, that's just even better. It's The offense has just been – it hasn't been as explosive, but it's been just fine. The defense is, is off the charts. I love it. The Bears are uh, the Bears are in tough. They really are in tough this week uh, coming off the bye and facing Orleans. Let's go to Sunday Night Football. we got the Cowboys and the Eagles. Dallas really – Really struggling. Gave you props off the top of the show. The Jets look like a, a new offense. Talk about them in a second. But they really just had their way with the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys came back late to make the game of it. But now they're at home. Division matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. Looks like the Eagles are going to get some help in their secondary. Jalen Mills and potentially Ronald Darby could return this week. Uh, they have been lit up before in the past. But it's a little bit better than what the Eagles are throwing out there for their secondary. What's your thoughts here? You just think Dallas is completely spiraling or like what are you doing here i wouldn't even say they're spiraling i would say that they had um sort of some false bravado built up by having a soft schedule to start the season i think if they um if their schedule were more even evenly balanced right i mean who they, who they beat to start the year uh, the giants washington and miami right yeah. those were their first three games yeah. so i'll say those were interspersed with their three losses let's say they played you know the giants week one and then green bay week two and then Miami week three, and then New Orleans week four. Let's say it was it was spread out like that. I don't think we would have gotten anywhere near as high on them as we did because of the way they played their three games. So I just think that it was a soft schedule that sort of built them up as this big bully in our heads to start the year. And we've really seen their true colors over the last three weeks here, uh, losing three straight games to those two aforementioned teams and the Jets. Um, I know the Eagles have uh, had their own issues this season, but still, I go top to bottom on these rosters, and the Eagles are the better team. Um, will Amari Cooper play? We're not sure. If he does play, is he going to be less than 100%? That seems likely. That's a huge piece for them to be playing with this game at less than 100%, and maybe they're not fully equipped to take advantage of the weakness of Philadelphia's secondary, even if they do get uh, those two guys back that you mentioned. So I think the Eagles are the better team. It's very similar to what I just said with the Bears and the Saints. I get the better team uh, catching a few points, even though they're on the road. Uh, I'll back the, the Eagles. And um, another guy who's not getting talked about a ton uh, yet this season, but who I think has played really well if you've watched their games, is Carson Wentz. Been victimized by some bad drops uh, from, from really everyone across this roster. But Carson Wentz is doing an excellent job uh, for this Eagles team. And I think he's the big reason why uh, the Eagles go into Dallas, get a win, and assert themselves as the favorite in the NFC East. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, Doug Peterson didn't guarantee a win, but he basically without saying he guaranteed a win <laughs> that his team was going to go in there in Dallas and, and get the job done. And a lot of people panic on the panicking in Philadelphia, but there have been some drops. The defense hasn't been good. I don't think Amari Cooper is going to play. And, and I think that they'll probably ended up like doubling a guy like Michael Gallup. We don't Randall Cobb is still mm -hmm. not practicing right now. Devin Smith is just somebody that people yeah. talked about in, in DFS. And this guy's got zero catches in his last three games. He's been a non-factor. Tavon Austin's coming off a game where he had five catches for 64 yards. So they've been so... Yeah. That's a bad thing. It That's is. a bad thing. It's a that, very that, that bad Tavon thing. Tavon Austin had five catches for 64 yards Exactly. For so it's great. it's great for Tavon, it's, but that's bad for it, Dallas. It's bad for Dallas. So <laughs> I think you take away Michael Gallup, whether that means doubling him or not. And just, again, they've been really, really strong against the run. And there's a lot, there was a lot of people talking about, well, oh, Dalvin Cook could be fine the Eagles run defense hasn't played anybody good and he didn't have a really good game he had a touchdown at the very end from the one but the Eagles did a good job of limiting Dalvin Cook and I think that they can do a, a decent job in limiting Zeke here as well so I will lean with with Philadelphia let's go over to the Monday night football game we have New England and the Jets we've been kind of teasing this game you know the entire show uh, Monday night game New England opened up as 10 point favorites 43 the total 42 and a half and now nine and a half point favorites these two teams played each other Beller just a couple weeks ago it was a 30 to 14 final for New England the game was in New England and Luke Falk was the quarterback and you got to be pretty impressed with Sam Donald at least I was <laughs> last week yeah, man, I am full on J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. My new favorite team here, the New York Jets. Strict this the Last week was – right? I, I totally am. I, I admit it. Uh, I've got the ranking show with uh, 
with Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston coming up in about an hour, and I'm forced. I, I those guys do all the work basically. I just put the rundown together and then play traffic cop and let them do all the rankings talk. But that also means I've got you know I'm sort of the invisible hand behind the show, and those guys are going to talk about a whole lot of Jets this week because I want to talk about this team. Uh, we finally saw them this offense for the first time last week, right? I mean, we finally saw, because uh, week one, it was Sam Darnold already had mono, and then week two forward, it was a third-string quarterback. So they had a mono quarterback or a third-string quarterback every single game this season. Sam Darnold gets back healthy, boom, right away. It is a different offense. There are uh, some enviable weapons on this offense, right? And Robbie Anderson is a legit deep threat. Jamison Crowder is one of the most incisive route runners in the league. Le'Veon Bell, they really haven't gotten him going, but this is still Le'Veon Bell. I don't care that he took the year off last year. Still talking about a guy who's 27 years old, 28 years old, wherever he is exactly. Uh, still a young guy, I think, with plenty of good football left in front of him. Uh, a fine line, not a horrible line, not a great one, but everything on this offense for me uh, takes a monster step forward with Sam Darnold. And I just think that this is too many points for them to be giving up at home. Um, I, I do think the Patriots likely win the game, but uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, I've been sort of down on this offense all season, and uh, you know, for one reason or another, they just can't seem to get everything to click all at once. Uh, we've seen Tom Brady have some big games, but they get nothing out of the run game. We've seen Julian Edelman pop up with some big games, but then they get nothing out of Josh Gordon. Uh, they really don't have any sort of consistent receiving threat outside of Edelman. And now you've got Gordon dealing with the knee injury. You've got Philip Dorsett. He might not be able to make his return this week either. And now you're really dealing with a with the New England offense that is playing with you know a pretty empty deck. It's Edelman, and you know what do we get out of Jacoby uh, Myers? Yeah, from week to week? yeah, you got Jacoby yeah. Myers. I mean, there's just really not a whole lot to bank on here, other than track record and reputation, and it's very impressive, and it's been more than enough. And they are still rightly a Super Bowl favorite, but I just think this is going to be a competitive game, and I barely need it to be to win and bet on the Jets. So uh, I like the Jets quite a bit in this one. Listen, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid too. I, I drafted Sam Darnold in a bunch of leagues, two quarterback leagues. I've hung on to him. Was, again, very impressive. I just – say what you want about Adam Gase and the offense, and maybe he is an offensive genius like some people – I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people that think he is, but he does get touted as one for sure. But uh, I do like a lot of the pieces. I like Robbie Anderson. I think even against Gilmore, he's startable this week. Jamison Crowder has had two games with Darnold, and he's been very good in both of those games, just shy of 100 yards in each of those games. I think 99 and 98. Mm-hmm. and 40, 20 catches. Yeah, 20, 20 catches, catches 20 in those two catches, games. For sure. So he's a player. Demarius Thomas looked pretty decent in this offense last week, and you have Lev Bell, like you said. And even Chris Herndon is somebody that I've been into, and we haven't seen him yet. He's definitely not going to play in this game. It looks like maybe he's still a couple weeks away for, for Hernan with the hamstring. But I think this will be a competitive game. And I look at New England, and you're right. You alluded to it. I mean, as, apart from week one at home, Belichick having weeks to prepare for ben, Big Ben, who was playing in that game. And just New England's always had their way with Pittsburgh. It doesn't really matter. But then Miami, week two, the Jets, Falk we mentioned, Buffalo and Allen, Washington, Jones last week. They haven't really went up against a decent offense, and I think the Jets have a decent offense. I think you'll see them down Jones. the stretch. What's that? Sorry, Jones without Jones without Saquon without Barkley, anybody. Evan Ingram, and, and Sterling yeah, Shepard. You're right, also. absolutely. And I think I, I think a lot of these guys, and bring it up in your show with with Jake, and I'm sure you will. I think a lot of these guys. Well, Crowder is maybe even potentially hanging around waiver wires. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I think, is a is a decent buy low. Like this schedule gets pretty decent for the Jets in the second half after New England going to Jacksonville, no Ramsey, Miami, the Giants, Washington, Oakland, Cincy, Miami. This is an offense I think will be rolling over these next few weeks. And Sam Darnold, I think, will be able to be like a top twelve quarterback, maybe even the rest of the way. And his ownership in Yahoo leagues twenty five percent, Ballard. Sam Darnold's going to win people fantasy championships. I, I agree. And I'm not exaggerating. I think so too. I really, I really, honestly believe that whether you have him or you have his pieces, people are going to be sitting around on New Year's toasting Sam Darnold. Yeah. So we're drinking the Jets Kool Aid. I'm in on them as well. I do think New England wins this game, but I, I feel like it could be a field goal game. Maybe they win by a touchdown. Uh, these Patriots in the past, they, every time they're favored by like big spreads, usually don't cover. It's I would take this year with a grain of salt. They haven't played really. Um, the competition hasn't been all that good. So let me start with the seven. I think I've made a choice here with my seventh. <laughs> I am going to go with Kansas City, Buffalo, and all those points. My goodness, I am going to go with the Chargers. I'm going to sweat <laughs> that out. I'm sure I'll be ticked off week eight during this show. I got the Saints in there. I have the Jets. I have the Eagles. And then my seventh one, I went with 
not Washington. I am a coward. I went with the Rams. <laughs> I took the Rams because I just don't like this Falcon squad right now. I think we're going to see a very, very desperate Rams team getting it done on offense, and I think Jalen Ramsey will give that defense a spark. So that's my seven. Who's your seven? All right, the five that I feel good about, these are no question about it, not going to be changing them. Arizona, Seattle, New Orleans, Philadelphia, and the New York Jets. I really like those five. For my other two, uh, I'm going to go for now with the Rams and the Texans. Uh, I just think the Texans are the nice. better team, and all they got to do is win against Indianapolis to get that as a victory. So I'll take the Texans. I'll take the Rams. The one team I could see getting their way in here, if the spread goes down a little bit more, is the Packers. Uh, because, again, not, not to uh, go back to that game too much, but that's gonna that could get to a ridiculous point, and they're just – easily the better team and they're playing at home so if that gets down to four four and a half I could see putting in the Packers in place of really either of those teams so those are the three I'm still looking at to go with my top five but for now I'll throw the Rams and the Texans in to round out the seven yeah like we said if you're really feeling the Packers maybe wait it out maybe wait it out till Friday or Saturday if that number gets a little bit lower and yeah easy you just jump all over Green Bay and they're, they're the better team than Oakland like we said just let's not overthink it so there is a chance um, you know you may have been out of survival or maybe you just completely turned off the show right now. Um, last week, we had a couple rough games with Dallas, potentially people on Dallas, potentially people on Chargers. Luckily for me, I wasn't able to pick the Chargers or the Cowboys because I've been picking against Miami all year, and I'm going to do the same thing. I am going to go with the Bills over the Dolphins. You could have a couple other options. The San Francisco 49ers are one. Green Bay, again, we just mentioned them. New England, would you dare go with New England? We're both from the Jets. I, I think not. I'd stay away. I would stay absolutely as far away from that game as I possibly could. The Bills are the play if you uh, still have them. If you don't have them, I hate taking road teams in Survivor, but I would go San Francisco. I think those are easily the top two plays. If I didn't have either of them available to me, then I'm probably debating between Green Bay and Seattle. That's I think that's where I'm sitting if I don't have the Bills or the 49ers. But it's a tough week once you get past those top two. So for me, I, I would definitely roll with one of those. Bills for sure if I've got them. 49ers for sure if I have them and don't have the Bills. If I've used both, then I start to have to uh, decide between Green Bay and Seattle, but those would be my next two. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone picked Buffalo in the first few weeks of the season. but I wouldn't think so Yeah, either. they're probably widely available. That's, that's mm -hmm. how I would lean. Let's continue to pick on this Miami Dolphins team. Even if they don't score a lot of points, uh, their defense should get the job done. All right, there it is. Week six in the books, or week seven. Week seven. Wow, we're here already. Yeah, you like that sign-off? Uh, week seven in the books. Good luck with your picks. Clearly confused. Um, give Michael a follow on Twitter, at mbeller, myself, at Chris Meany. Please rate and review, and we will catch you guys next week. Good luck.